Hey, this is Big Daddy from the fabulous Florida Keys, and you're listening to Keys Dan. RadioWatch.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWatch.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? djlittlerock.com one more time djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you could have me me at your next event you know i like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained let me entertain you you know i'm a karaoke jock uh, amongst other things and i try not to sing at these parties but Sometimes people make me sing. So I'll, I'll, I'll pull something out of my maybe list of 20 things from the 80s that I really, really know well. So if you want me to sing at your party, know that it's probably going to be something from the 80s because <laughs> I come from the 80s and I'm here to help. Speaking of people that come from the 80s and beyond, today on the program, I have Simon Webster, the reckless velvet. Who's that? What do you mean you don't know who that is? You better know who that is. And if you don't know who that is, you're going to get to know who that is in the next few minutes. So stick around. This week's shows, I have two, count them, two public shows this week for your listening pleasure, for your enjoyment. On Thursday from 6 until 9 p.m., I will be at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas. Yes, the Old Post Barbecue, your favorite place to be on a Thursday night. Delicious barbecue frosty beverages for the adults you know i keep that family friendly though i keep the music family friendly so all ages are welcome at the old post barbecue on thursday night between six and nine video dance party karaoke jam yeah i said karaoke you're the stars of the show on a thursday night at the old post barbecue russellville arkansas be there six to nine and then on friday night friday it's friday on out to the rab in conway arkansas that's the video dance party karaoke jam now this one is 21 and over a little bit different kind of show that one is from 8 p.m until 12 30 in the am they got a full bar the kitchen's open pool tables in fact they got a pool tournament on friday night so if you want to try to make some money on a friday night i encourage you to check out the rab in conway arkansas good people good fun two public shows Thursday night at the Old Post Barbecue, 6 to 9 p.m., family-friendly. And then Friday night, I mean, uh, yeah, Friday night at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Not so family-friendly. A little bit different kind of show. And then Saturday, I have a wedding. Why did I mention that? Because you're probably not invited. But why did I mention it? Because I'm so excited. Weddings are back. I'm so happy that we're breaking out of this quarantine. I got my shot. Boop, boop. Moderna running, coursing through my veins. <laughs> All right, party people, that's enough intro. I think we should get into it with Simon Webster, the reckless velvet. Now, I got him on the Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan, or just look up Keys Dan on YouTube. You'll probably find three pages. It's the one with the Radio What logo right there next to Keys Dan. All right, let's get into it with Simon Webster. Skyping Simon Webster now. 
there. Almost there. Looking good. Simon Webster. Oh, man. All right. Once again, Keys Dan here uh, coming to you live. Uh, tell All right. Simon Webster, I already said you rock and you do rock. Give the people an idea of who you are, man. So excited. Oh, thank you kindly for the kind words. Well, I'm a, uh, a 52-year-old 50, uh, Aussie. Uh, been playing guitar since about 15. Um, done majority sort of all original sort of music. Um, played in a original band many, many years ago. And uh, predominantly um, can't sing. No, I'm a terrible singer, but... Uh, Play, <laughs> play guitar. So a, a lot of my stuff is uh, primarily, uh, I suppose you could say, rock-based type music um, with this few sort of ballads in between there. But um, with sort of uh, modern technology nowadays, uh, just do a lot of home recording and then collaborate with um, um, up-and-coming singers uh, locally and around the world with all the technology. You don't have to leave the bedroom nowadays. And uh, I've been lucky enough to... Um, uh, collaborate with a number of singers uh, and all original. So I'll sort of knock up a, a bit of a song, uh, lay down guitar tracks, uh, bass track, and then some uh, drums, and then see who wants to put words to it. And then happy to happy to collaborate from there. And then we just uh, do a upload it to Spotify and all the all the socials, and just have a bit of fun. Well, Simon Webster, as a fellow fifty-two-year-old, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love it, man. That means that we've probably gone along the same lines musically, but I don't usually like to do a lot of research on these. I, I like them to unfold rather naturally, but ah, I perused your, your YouTube page. Man, you were making that Les Paul sing. You rock, man. And, uh, and, and then I, I saw you doing an acoustic uh, with... Uh, with a, a girl uh, named uh, Jenny, Jenny yep. Stevens. And yes, my yeah. goodness, the acoustic and the Les Paul electric, you made them both sing, man. You say you don't sing. You say you, you're not a vocalist, but uh, guitar since 15. <laughs> Who gave you the first guitar? Uh, it's, it's funny how that uh, how I actually came about to play guitar. And uh, so initially um, it was with uh, my mum uh, bought my brother a keyboard. And uh, just a little, just a little Casio keyboard, and because uh, he wanted to sort of start playing uh, keyboard and everything like that, and and of course, being brothers, I was the older brother. I, I wanted one too, and uh, at the time, uh, my mum said, uh, "Look, you know, I, I can't afford another keyboard, but look, you can you can have that acoustic guitar up there. What about that one?" And you know, it's just a cheapy. Uh, $40 acoustic guitar and I, I sort of cracked it with my mum, and I said, "No, I don't want that. I want the keyboard." And she says, "Well, you can't have it." So we walked out. And <laughs> walked out of the music store, and then I've just gone. Hang on a second. All right, all right. I'll have the guitar. Went back in, and uh, the salesperson did some fantastic licks on this acoustic guitar, and I said, "I'll take it." Yeah. Uh, and bought a uh, just bought a you know an you know easy guitar book to start learning, and then uh, like the old song goes, uh, you know, I played until my fingers bleed basically. So I've just sort of really got into it. And the first song I played was uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy was the first sort of, you know, uh, on the first string or first couple of strings and then um, sort of from there and then um, was really lucky enough to find a really good music teacher uh, locally and uh, we're playing and learning and he goes, he just said, he said, put his guitar, he said, what, what do you want to learn? And I said, um, rock and roll. So rather than going through all the theory and everything like that, which bored me to tears, he, he started showing me uh, some rock and roll licks. So they're basically blues uh, and all that sort of thing. And then 
so yeah, it just sort of really took off from there. Really loved the blues. Uh, so a lot of my, I suppose you could say, rock is is essentially around uh, blues based with with a, a lot of ACDC influence, and then uh, Guns and Roses, Led Zeppelin, uh, Stones, Hendrix, sort of uh, coming on board from there as well too. So yeah, ACDC, how typical. Yeah, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I guess. All right, you're born and raised in Australia. What part of Australia? Uh, born in New South Wales originally, but then um, now residing in Victoria. See, I don't know geography. Tell me on what part of the of the of the island continent is uh, both of those places. Well, if you, if you're talking about Victoria, so Victoria is right near the little island of Tasmania. So that little poor little bit of land that, that sits by itself so victoria is just basically on top of that all right and then where are you at now uh so living in in, in geelong so just near the coast uh south south of melbourne down there so we're probably about uh hour and 20 minutes south of melbourne and we just lived uh, near the coast so yeah beautiful beautiful town geelong well pre-guitar uh, a young simon webster uh what what do you? What kind of trouble do you get into as a young lad? Uh, do you have a, a bunch of mates that you you hang around with? What what kind of what kind of activities do do young uh, young boys do in uh, in Australia? Well, to to be honest, it was uh, you know we were you know we, we were pretty good kids. My brother my brother was the lead singer uh, in our band, so we we were pretty close. Uh, so it was a, a lot of sort of uh, family time spent really. So. Uh, fishing with my dad, he had a boat, so we used to go fishing a fair bit, all that sort of stuff as well too. Uh, bike rides, all that sort of thing. So we used to go for a lot of bike rides and everything like that. Uh, but they're pretty, pretty tight family-wise, um, and had some had some good mates as well too. So um, and with the music side of things as well too, um, had some mates who played. You know that we sort of just bit of a garage band and all that sort of thing. But that was a lot of family stuff, family holidays and all that sort of thing. So uh, on the scale of kids, uh, you know, my brother and I were, you know, we were pretty well behaved. See, these are good, good boy activities. I had a, a younger brother myself. He was three and a half uh, years, my junior. And we used to get in all kinds of trouble. And you being 52 and me being 52, we remember times when kids would go out and play, get on their bicycles and go ride from morning until night and then come home. And maybe your moms and dads won't know exactly where you were, but they'd have a, a general uh, proximity, a general idea. And in, in the next generation, no one goes outside and plays by themselves anymore. I, what is this? I well, can't get my kids to go outside and play. Uh, well, we similar thing. I got I got six kids in total: uh, two older girls from a, a previous marriage, and then uh, four younger kids. So, you know, we we try to balance that sort of stuff. So, yeah, they have got their iPads and all that. So, you know, because that's just part of the nature of the beast nowadays with school and everything. But. They, they get that time, but then, you know, it's uh, it's outside and play. It's, you know, well, let's go for walks. Let's go for bike rides. Uh, when I was younger, um, we used to uh, we, we used to have a – well, we used to live with mum and dad. They had a, a, a house which had a, had a flat roof. And uh, when mum and dad when mum and dad were out, we used to uh, put a pile of mattresses and, and cushions on the ground and then jump off the roof onto it. That's <laughs> – that is some good clean activity kids don't jump off your roofs please don't jump off your roofs but that was so much fun man i used to i used to live in in the woods in the everglades part of florida which is real swampy land alligators snakes never got bitten by a snake never got bitten by an alligator never had any problems out there other than a few minor scrapes and bruises 
kids, you need to go outside and play. Oh my goodness! I, I remember those days. I mean, did you? Uh, you're you're close to the the beach. Were you close to the beach when you were when you were younger? Did you have any beach activities? Uh, we, we weren't too far from the beach uh, where we where we lived, so it was only probably fifteen twenty. Although the beach that we were near wasn't the best of, of of the beaches, so we used to you know we used to go down down to the coast a bit further, uh, you know, and down down the down the coast where we are, we've got some of the beautiful, uh, most beautiful beaches and coastline. Uh, although the the water is coming off the um, uh, the Atlantic, so it's a, it's, a, it's very the water is always cold. It's never it's not nice and warm like the tropics. But um, yeah, the the, the coastline is beautiful uh, and some really really nice beaches down where we live too. Well, I've always been fascinated by Australia, and yes, I'm going to be that that typical american crocodile dundee yes he put you on the map as far as i'm concerned i'm a child of the 80s you know i I love the music of the 80s and and the 70s and you know of course with my mom and dad they they gave me the 50s and 60s so you know i'm I'm a fan of all genres of music where did your what did you learn from your parents uh music wise or, or any lessons from your parents what did your what did your mom and dad do for a living yeah, so uh, my mum was a uh, mum was a nurse, and my father was a uh, back in the day was a, a meat inspector for the Department of Primary Industry, uh, and uh, it, a lot of the memories were because um, mum mum passed away uh, a while ago from MS. She had multiple sclerosis and unfortunately passed away, and but a lot of the memories on Saturday mornings waking up, mum used to have uh, firing away on the on the stereo, and and the village people of all things, you know, and then. You know, of course, you know, come come the shock when you found out later uh, the genre of the village people. You went, didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, then you go, it all it all makes sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, village people. Uh, Bruce Springsteen was always sort of uh, played a fair bit with my mum and Neil Diamond. Uh, mum mum loved Neil Diamond, so we used to wake up Saturday mornings to all that sort of music. And you know, back in the day when you had the stereo, which was about four foot tall, uh, you know, the big old ass stereos back then, blaring um, away. So. But uh, that, uh, mum and dad were um, uh, always good, and dad was always um, um, dad was always the the one that would play a fair bit. You know, mum was not a big sort of um, uh, get out and play sort of stuff, if you know what I mean. So, mum was a bit more serious. Dad was a bit more of the sort of the, the comedian in the in the family. Um, but uh, yeah, lots of good family holidays and all that sort of stuff as well too. Uh, but a lot of the things too, uh, you know, from what I learned from my parents is a lot of it is. Just throughout life, you know, just don't be an idiot. Be nice, and uh, if you if you don't ask, you don't get. I mean, it sounds like you had a really well-rounded uh, musical ed- education uh, as a as a younger lad. You know what's funny is my grandfather uh, from Cuba. Okay, he was in the Cuban Navy. Came over here, I think, in forty six, nineteen forty six, just after the war was over, and he asked uh, the American Navy the, or the American Armed Forces. I, I don't remember the story exactly, but he he asked, "Hey, uh, you know, I came over from Cuba. Uh, I was in the Navy over there. Uh, do you do you need any help?" And he goes, "No, no, the the war's over." And then he went off and got a job at, at the airport. But one of the things, man, that man. He liked the village people. There's something about their music that's that that kind of. There's a reason that they were huge in the 70s, uh, is because their music it just it, it it gets you going. Plus plus the fact that we were living in the Florida Keys and they had that song Key West 
and that uh, that really was a, a good tune for for people in South Florida in the USA. But uh, what what did you like about Neil Diamond and the Village People? And uh, and what was the other one? The other main at Bruce Springsteen, Bruce and we Springsteen. had uh, a lot of it too. Was uh, Abba? We had Abba playing a fair bit as well. I we actually got the chance to see an Abba concert uh, back at the Sydney Maya Music Bowl here in Australia. I was I was very little, so I went with my mum, and we were way up the back. I mean, we were way up the back, you know, and uh, you know, basically the Abba Abba looked about this this big on stage, and. Um, but no, no, we, we went and saw the concert, uh, and I think it was just um, as I said. I think it's just the, the style of the music my, my parents liked was that sort of uh, whether it's sort of rock bass or good rhythmic music and so forth. Um, you know, I, I've got an eclectic taste. I, I love all all styles of different music and so forth, classical music, jazz, and all that. But um, rock rock music just always always gets me going. I remember when um, I never really had a. a I suppose you could say a band that I followed when I was young, and then all of a sudden my brother brought home a uh, uh, ACDC tape. Right? He said, "You've got to listen to this." So I said, "It was Back in Black," and uh, I went, "1980." Uh, uh, yeah, ACDC aren't they? Aren't they heavy metal? You know, we were sort of Ooh, heavy metal, um, and uh, he said so. And I remember when, um, and then Hell's Bells came on because we—I think it was the side two that he had on. Um, and just the, the big bell started, I've just gone, oh, wow. And then the guitar lick started coming in and I just went instantaneously. I said, this is the music. And ACDC, then I bought all their albums. We just we just listened to it um, so much. And then, then all of a sudden we come across another album. We, Who's Bond Scott? Who the hell's he? You know, as you know, you find out. And then obviously the original singer and so forth. And, uh, and then we uh, started to, he started to sing a bit. He was never a... Uh, a singer by trade, taught himself, and essentially he's he sang in our Mickey Homicide band. So if you ever check out the YouTube, it's the Mickey Homicide stuff. He was the lead singer. He passed away about six years. He got he got ill. And oh, yeah, uh, your brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passed away oh. about six years ago. He got he got ill, and he just had a sane voice, all self taught, and he literally sing anything from Led Zeppelin, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, and uh, yeah, just a. Uh, Remarkable voice, very powerful, strong voice. Used to love, love uh, playing on stage with him as well too. When he'd be out there belting those songs out, that was good fun. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your brother now, and and I'm sorry about your your mother. I, I, that's that's tragedy. That, that's definitely tragedy. That uh, they they go. I, was your brother older or younger than you? No, younger. He was uh, three years younger. Wow. Wow. I could yeah. I couldn't imagine my my brother passing away. I mean. Was he? Uh, wow! That, that I mean, yeah. did, did you? What? It was funny when he when he when he when he did pass away. He was he was uh, oh, he had he had you know he was um, he had a few alcohol issues and so forth and you know battling battling a few things there and uh, um, you know when he when he passed away um, you know he was the only one I would write songs with him and I I'd write the riff and he'd come up with the song so then it was um, the guitar started to slowly get put away in the cupboard. And I started to lose interest and I wasn't, you know, and back in the day I had about uh, a lot of the songs that I are now up on Spotify I'd written over 20 years ago that I had in my head. And then, um, so then it started, the uh, the home recording started, I got a little bit of, bit of basic technology and started playing around and I got the bug. And then um, we got the bug again and then discovered uh, BandLab. So um, uh, BandLab's an amazing 
um, platform, all free. It's basically it's a platform where uh, musicians can get together online, uh, upload their music, they can collaborate, uh, share it, and there's competitions and th- that's where I discovered a lot of my collaborators via, via BandLab. So I'd put up my music and go, here it is, and people can then uh, add vocals to it or do what they want to it, and that's how I sort of then started collaborating with people uh, in America and the UK and uh, uh, all the way from um, there was Brazil and Portugal, um, it's amazing, absolutely, all from the company you own. Simon Webster, the internet can be used for good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Band Lab. This is the first time I ever hear of it. I know that there's different uh, uh, collaborating uh, softwares, and, and there's people that use, like, Smool to do karaoke with people that, you know, maybe a famous person that's, that's gotten to this level in the show business, and then a not-so-famous person who's at this level can collaborate and sing together. Even if they're not live, you could sing along. It's, it's kind of is it kind of that kind of thing where you put out your no. your track and then they sing along with it? No, so it's not not sort of a live type sort of thing. Not like sort of TikTok where you can you know do that sort of thing. So basically, it's a it's an online platform with a online door as well too. So basically, you can upload your music, do mixing. Uh, it's got its own mastering as well too. This is all free. So as an example, if you're a singer uh, and you're wanting to collaborate with a band, you can just uh, uh, connect with people on the, on BandLab, and like myself. So I, I write songs. I, I do all the guitars, the bass, the drums, put it all together with lead breaks. So it's basically it's a sort of a one-stop shop for singers. If they like my music, then they just go, yep, I'll have riff number 25. Uh, then what happens is then on BandLab, I upload it, uh, then invite them as a collaborator. They drop their vocals. And then what I do then is then I download their vocals uh, to my laptop and do all the mixing uh, using Reaper and so forth on my laptop, and then um, do all the mastering. Uh, I use like to use eMastered, which is fantastic because I've got a hearing loss from years of playing music, so I help that helps me. And then once once we've sort of mastered and I upload it back up to BandLab to get the singer's approval, so they go, yep, I like it, then we do a 50-50 split through DistroKid. So we upload it through DistroKid to all the... Uh, Spotify, you know, all the online platforms. So basically through DistroKid, they do the splits automatically so any royalties come past. Uh, you, you don't make your money. You don't make a lot of money, of course, but uh, it's not about the money. It's about just having fun and making music and, you know, a singer wants to put their vocals down uh, to me music, you know, I'm wrapped. Simon Webster, you're giving the people gems. I had never heard of Band Lab, and you took us all the way through. I, I think you can make a pretty decent demo that you can, you know, maybe distribute or or give to, uh, you know, like a record producer or whatever. And you're saying that Band Lab will give you the raw materials that you can mix in your own home studio and actually put it out there on DistroKid and hey possibly make a couple pennies here and there uh you know i i don't know how people are making money in the music business these days it it seems to me that it's always it's all live performances and maybe merchandise Uh, you know not nobody's really making a lot of money in record sales anymore uh is that what you're you're feeling yeah so the certainly the market has changed uh and you know the likes of spotify have been responsible for sort of uh you know, bastardizing the industry, uh, you know, and the devaluing uh, artists' music because now, you know, there's 
not much you don't make even even the superstars don't make a lot on spotify and they've got millions of streams uh you know so so then you've got um uh um uh, other platforms that you, you you try to try to get out youtube and all, all that sort of stuff as well too so uh but uh, yeah look uh, and bandcamp is another good platform where people can buy music directly um straight you know so you can upload your music you got your profile so people can buy directly off you uh and they just take a small percentage um uh which is which is good so you can you know sell direct if you get a good fan base you can sell directly through there um but yeah exactly right it's it's one of those things where um you don't make money on the streaming platforms uh the, the only way to do it is to get out there live and you know play gigs and so forth and and all that but you know for me it's one of those things if i write a song and uh say you know a superstar goes hey i want to put vocals to that you go great you know and the other thing too is um you know in licensing so you know if you go through uh, the licensing agents to get your songs on ads movies and so forth so on the commercials and all that sort of stuff so that's a that's a good way to try to make money on from your music as well rather than relying on you know all the sort of spotify's and i'd say yeah you're not going to be a millionaire on spotify no, I mean you're giving once again you're giving people gems. You're this is a primarily a learning podcast, and I'm learning from you, Simon Webster. Now, should I be promoting you as the Reckless Velvet? What is the Reckless Velvet? <laughs> it's uh, it was funny when I when I started on BandLab, I just did I just said ah oh, I'm not going to put my name up. I'll just do I was known as Riff Man, you know. So got a bit of a name on BandLab for Riff Man and all that sort of stuff, and uh, then I as I started to do a few collaborations and started to, um, you know, build a little bit of a sort of a fan base or following there, I thought, oh, do a bit of marketing. So uh, Reckless Velvet actually came from a one of those random band name websites. <laughs> so I sort of, I don't know, I like sort of, I don't know, Velvet had in my head, I don't know, just for whatever reason. So punching a few words and then it came up with a few different ones and I actually asked my wife, I said, oh, which one do you like best? And she said, Reckless Velvet. I said, done there we go so purely a uh it's good to have a wife to bounce ideas off of i mean you got the the name recognition the velvet underground and reckless kelly reckless velvet you know you you could brand that reckless velvet and and take it to the take it to the to the stratosphere but yes stick with reckless (laughs) velvet don't don't change a thing that's fantastic from now on, Simon Webster and Reckless Velvet will be synonymous, a.k.a. So Reckless Velvet is you, is all you. That's it. It's uh, with my uh, collaborators as well, too. Uh, as I said, it's, the thing I love about it is um, when you create a song, and a lot of the songs that I've had uh, sit in my head, had sit in my head for over 20 years to get it down on track. And, uh, and just recently, uh, I was using my keyboard is the bass you know using the bass off that and i just recently bought myself a bass guitar so i'm sort of teaching myself bass guitar now and some of the newest tracks i did actually created the riff from the bass so they're actually bass riffs to start and then i'll add the guitars whereas traditionally i do guitars first so it 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 gives a bit more of a dynamic um uh, to the song and when you do create something and then you get a a singer songwriter who goes i want to put vocals to that and then it's like to me it's like christmas time when they when they they're working on it and they go hey what do you what do you what do you think and then you have a first listen and just amazing what singer songwriters can can change because I've I've written uh, some songs where I've had 
three or four different versions to that song and I've had different vocalists put different words to it and it's just amazing to get that one song with three or four different singers singing totally different vocals and melodies over it and you go, oh, I would never have thought of that and that's that for me, that's the buzz. You know, when, and, when you say you're writing songs, Simon Webster, the you're saying you're writing the music, uh, the music part, yeah. and you're having other yeah, artists. Do you ever write the vocals? Do you write the, the, or was that primarily your brother's job? Primarily my brother. I have written uh, a few songs. Uh, never sung though. I'm not a singer, but um, there is one of one of the songs that I've got up there is uh, uh, the, the two ones that I have done vocals for which is uh, i lost my pookie i wrote that one it's basically when it's essentially when kids lose their favorite toys right and they they you know they they start throwing uh, tantrums and everything like that and i actually had my uh, kids doing the backups on that one and then uh and then i did i wrote one called the bogan song which is basically here in australia uh bogans are probably similar to um you know, trailer park in, in the States, those sort of people, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, but the, the, the Bogans here in Australia are quite harmless, but they're, uh, so I did a, a song called the, the Bogan song, which I did both the male and female vocals in it as well too. Uh, and it's a bit of a, it's about, he can't find his cigarettes. We call them smokes here in Australia. And there's a, there's a bit of profanity on that one, but it's, um, yeah. So if you want to check out some Australian slang, feel, feel free to check that one out. Well, I have your band camp up and those offerings are right there on the bottom of the page. I didn't realize band camp was a place that you could buy music from people. I thought it was a place where you, the the people would uh, give their offerings and, and maybe uh, use it as a, a place for a demo. But you have quite a few tracks out there on band camp. And is each one of these uh, photos, is this one song or are these albums? This, this is all one song. So there's uh the with with the old band Mickey Homicide, the we did a we cut an eight track uh, album. We back in the day we didn't release it. Um, we just didn't get around to it. So I called it Resurrection. So it's eight tracks, original tracks. Then I did an EP, which is four live songs that we recorded live, which were back in the early nineties. Uh, Fractured Masses. I did a uh, we did ten songs with uh, Sean Sidetrack. Um, and then Gabriel, we did uh, uh, Inside Outside, uh, another 10 tracks uh, as well too. And then I've got a number of singles that we've done. So probably overall, um, probably got close to 40 original songs that we've I've done over the over the course of time. Now, do you do you have a traveling band or, or a band that that you work with, or a group of group of guys that you work with often, or or how, how does no, that no, work when you go on stage, or do you go on? I haven't been on stage in in a very long time, very long time. So uh, it's all, a lot of the work I've done now is essentially just from home, uh, collaborating uh, on BandLab, then uploading to Spotify. Uh, if, you know, the opportunity presented itself, I dust off the old, you know, the old Marshall quad box I've still got, which is uh, 30 years old, same as the guitar, the Les Paul, she's 30 years old, and uh, the quad box, uh, the Marshall head blown a valve, so I haven't used that in years, so I'd have to get that fixed. But um, if the opportunity presented um, and probably one of the reasons why I was doing the home recording stuff and then the collaboration via those sort of platforms is, as you know, to get a band started takes such a long time to find the right people, the right musicians, the, um, uh, then the time to practice during the week, especially when you're working full-time, you've got family, you know, it's, it's very, very time poor, and I, I was 
it's funny actually i got to that point where i'm starting to do some home recordings and i wanted to just before i found band lab and uh, i thought oh, i'll put i'll put a i'll put a, a facebook post up about trying to um hook up with a local singer songwriter you know so if i can find a local singer songwriter that i sort of work well with you know that should be fun anyway so i put a post up and all i really got were these 60 to 65 year old cat people who were just you know at home and they got pictures of their cat on Facebooks, and I've just gone, they look like mass murderers. I don't know. I'm just, just, you know, I've got a, if I, you know, one guy said, oh, I've got a basement and I've got, I've got drums and everything. I'm going, yeah, mate, I won't come out alive. Nah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you've been doing this a long time since you were 15. Uh, you know, w- once you get to a certain age, yeah, you, you start to you realize that if you want a family being out on the road, touring, even uh, even around Australia would take you away from your family. And some people don't want to give that up. I think most people don't want to give that up. So maybe maybe a party band that's closer. Maybe you could stay close to town. I, I know a lot of party bands in this area. You know, they make uh, quite a good living, you know, doing corporate events and weddings, and, yeah. but playing primarily other people's music, maybe 80-20, 80% other people's and maybe 20% original. But take take me back to, to 15 when you're learning how to play this, this guitar and you actually took lessons from somebody. When did you, I'm guessing that you went on stage at some point and showed your wares to to uh, some of the folks uh, where when and where did that happen so we we started um we did uh sort of our garage band initially then we we, we found a, a very good uh, drummer my brother started to sing and he started getting better and better at it and then we um uh we found a bass guitarist and another guitarist and initially we started out as um um uh we called ourselves prowler was our first band name prowler so we just and we did a lot of um we just did a lot of covers back then. So we just did a lot of the ACDC, um, Rolling Stones and a bit of Jimi Hendrix and just good old fashioned rock. Um, and, and your brother and, could you handle know, the vocals on, on all those. Yeah. He, he, as he got better and better, he would, he would nail, uh, all those sort of vocals. He used to do Brian Johnson, Bon Scott, um, Axl Rose. Um, yeah. So he, he nailed it. And then, so we, you know, when we did a few covers, we didn't do, we played at a few schools and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, we started to, then we started to write originals. So my brother and I just started to write. My brother was doing some words and we started doing that. And that's where we started to the, our first uh, demo tape. A lot of the songs we were writing. About what year was this? Early 90s. So about 91, 92. So then we, uh, you know, back in those days, you, you needed to do a demo tape. You had to go to the pubs and hand, you know, hand your tape to the pub. And so we, um, we did a few, did a few gigs around well not big ones but we just played a few gigs uh and so forth and we just never really you know i suppose pushed it hard as such you know we we then spent the money and did our proper eight track cd um which we recorded in the studio back then so we did it all, all so forth but we, we we never never promoted it and uh and when when my brother when my brother passed away i thought actually you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna re-release this so i actually then re, re- sort of mix it a bit and then uploaded it and um, we had an, one of these, uh, a music reviewer called, this guy called Cynic Spins, and he does, he does free reviews. He's a very harsh critic, so if you, if you, you know, he'll be very up and honest about, about the music, and he does it all free for you. Anyway, so I, I sent him the, um, uh, the demo of, of our rock album back in the 90s. This is our Mickey Homicide, and, and I didn't tell him 
that my brother passed away because I didn't want him to feel sorry. You know, so I wanted a, a very raw. After, after Prowler, it became Mickey Homicide? Yeah, after Prowler. Mickey Homicide came about because of our bass player. He's uh, quite quite eccentric a little bit. Uh, very talented bass player. Does a lot of writing. Very, very technical bass player as well. And he had this character that he was writing a book about called Mickey Homicide. He was a detective. Oh. And we, we just liked we just liked the we just liked the name, so Mickey Homicide, Mickey Homicide stuck, and um, and then we did that CD, and then just we all got married, had kids, and just you know, and uh, didn't sort of do anything from there. And I still keep in touch with the um, uh, Matt, the bass player, and uh, the drummer a bit. So we just uh, we've I got Matt onto Bandlab, so he's now starting to collaborate with oh. one of the guys that I I was um, uh, hook up with. And yeah, this is Cynic Spins. We sent the I sent the um, the, uh, the link for our music and he loved it so this is sort of in honor of my brother so he said he loved it he said one of the songs would have been song of the year he says i don't understand why this um music never got released and there was uh so it was real we were i was just really wrapped because if my brother was alive today he would have been over the moon so it was in honor of my brother and and then i said and then when he did the uh, review, I emailed him and said, thanks very much. I said, this was in honor of my brother. He passed away, blah, blah, blah. And he said, he said, so sorry to hear, but yeah, this, this is a, a fantastic album. So yeah, that was, that was good to hear of something we did back in 91, 92. Yeah. Well, you got a good, honest review from a good, honest reviewer. You know, it's nice to have someone that can kind of give you a gauge of where you are musically. And, and it's, if you, if it's somebody that you admire and somebody that you can trust and somebody that you can put your, your, uh, your your trust you know your 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 feeling behind that that you uh you value his opinion and I, i'm glad you had that so it, i mean that's how you keep your brother alive is putting his music out there uh, do you have his music available or the music of uh of um, uh murder homicide no what was it <laughs> mickey yeah no mickey homicide mickey so homicide mickey you, homicide you have it on, out there it's all on my streaming yep it's all on the streaming platform so it's on uh, the the original album is on YouTube. It's eight tracks, and then we did an EP as well too. The EP is um, very raw, so it's uh, done. We recorded it live, so it's a uh, back in the day we were sort of very very young aggressive band. Um, so the yeah, Mickey Homicide is uh, is available on all the on the streaming platforms. So if you want to listen to some classics uh, '90s rock with my brother's uh, powerhouse vocals, check it out. Well, one of the things I like to do on this program is is find uh, turning points, uh, milestones. Fifteen was a milestone for you when you got there, that first guitar. And then the 90s, another milestone when you made that first record. And then when your brother passed, another milestone. This is when you, you started to lose interest in even playing music. You thought, well, uh, maybe, I, maybe it's over. Maybe it's all over. So w- after that milestone... Where did where did you find the 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 love and and the strength to come back and play more music or or was it a calling that was beating you in the back of the head saying get out there Simon Webster you got to go be Reckless Velvet what what was it that made you come back It was probably a combination of the uh, obviously the the lockdowns last year as well too That's when you know with all the lockdowns and uh, and all that and I dabbled in a bit of home recording. Um, a little while ago, just just basic stuff, and then it was just that sort of thing. The you know the Les Paul got shoved away in the garage. Uh, I still had the acoustic guitar in the house, and then you know just started playing the acoustic guitar again, and and then the lockdowns. You know, so I said, all right, it was probably a bit of a combination of the itch started again, and I thought oh, I wouldn't mind just just muck around with that sort of thing, and then 
combination of the lockdowns. And then I discovered um, discovered uh, Reaper. So Reaper is a fantastic um, to use now. So I do all my stuff through Reaper and I started to get an understanding of that and got some, um, found some uh, free uh, guitar VSTs and amps and everything so I didn't have to use the Marshall. So it's just got myself an audio interface which plugs straight into my laptop and uh, and so I went, oh, hang on a second. I found myself this great drum program, which is uh, sounds like real drums. And I went, oh, hang on a second. Jeez, and started mucking around and a lot of trial and error, trial and error, and started laying down a couple of things. And then during during the lockdown, it was probably um, April April last year that I discovered BandLab. And uh, I just went, what is this? This is just, this is insane. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I had put my music up and then, you know, I had this, uh, Sean contacted me and said, uh, he said, oh, can I, can I, and on BandLab you can, when you put your music up, you can allow it to be forked, which is basically you allow anyone to do what they want with the music so they can either add a track or remix it or put vocals and then they re-upload it, but then it always traces back to you. So if somebody does a fork, you go, oh, wow. And um, one of one of the songs, riffs I put up there was a, uh, it had over 17,000 plays. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's sort of then from there I started my first collaboration was then I got the bug, you know, so all of a sudden I didn't have to try to find someone local. I didn't have to jam. I didn't have to go through all of that sort of stuff. So with my music, I do all the guitars. I, I lay I get two guitar tracks. I lay the bass guitar. Um, then I'll lay the drums and then uh, do the lead. So do it, do it all myself. And then, um, yeah, just such a – started getting the bug and then people are dropping vocals and I'll go, oh, this is great. This is great. And I – can't stop now that's the thing now it's just uh can't stop and i'm just uh i just created another um another riff and one of my gabriel who's in the states he's just uh he's going to put some uh, vocals down to it so uh that's exciting and found a vivian in in nigeria she's she's insanely talented this woman um the amount of music she she produces out with the vocals i remember once i i'd up created a song and uh, I uploaded a band. I said, oh, Vivian, did you want to lay some vocals? She said, I love this. Yes, I will. 40 minutes later, she's done a whole song. And I've just brought it down, mixed it up and put it out. And she, she wrote a song in 40 minutes, whole, everything. It was just a... It is amazing what this internet can do. The first time I heard about that, it was maybe two years ago. I talked to another guitarist there in Australia, and he said, oh, my bassist is in the Middle East. My drummer is in Germany. And then I mix it all here in Australia. And bing, bam, boom, you got a hit. That is fantastic. And, you know, uh, uh, some of the guys our age would go, oh, I don't know anything about those computers. I don't know. I just know the old way. You got to move with the times. You got to sit, oh, roll with the changes, as REO Speedwagon used to say. Yeah. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, cause, yeah, you're listening to, to uh, ACDC and those riffs. Yeah, those are all analog. Those are, you know, and I, and you're talking about, you know, you start with the bass and then you add the drum. And then some of your songs, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to your whole catalog. Did you ever do those ones that, you know, they start off with a little bass line like, like Sly and the Family Stone used to do? They, you, you'd start here. Tss, 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 
and then all of a sudden a bass comes in and then the guitar comes in and then you know all of a sudden you got this big giant band that's how symphonies are, are written uh you know tell do you have stuff going on or or how, how is it that you're you're putting music together now well it, it's funny music doesn't music doesn't come to me if i'm driving around or not, not like a singer, you know, so a singer can be doing anything, they'll hum something, they go, oh, I like that, and then, but for me, the only time songs come to me is when I play the guitar, so if I sit down and I'm just strumming away, uh, I'll just let, just sort of just play freely, and all of a sudden I go, oh, hang on, I like that, start playing around, and, and since now I'm teaching myself the bass guitar, then I'll jump on the bass and have a play around. So traditionally all my songs have been formed by the guitar initially, so what will happen is um, I'll plug my guitar into the into the laptop and um, get the drum beats going. So I go, all right, well, here's the riff, and I'll plug in a drum beat, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Let me see what that sounds. Move that in, change it. And then the, the beautiful thing about the software that I've downloaded is that I can mix each of the kit individually. So I can add, change the EQ to the snare or the and, and so forth. So then I'll just start with the riff and then um, – yeah, copy, paste, copy, paste, put that on there with the guitar. So when I do the first load of guitar, then I'll record the second load of the guitar, then I'll record the bass and then mix it all in, then the lead guitar last. Um, or, some, or sometimes it'll be if it's a bass riff that I've come up with, then I'll do the bass first with the drums and then lay the guitars over top. And, um, yeah, just so it's like mixing a cake or putting a jigsaw puzzle together and, you know, some, some, of, the, some of the times it's been a – it's been a challenge where it's just if you put it down, it's just you know something's not right, you know. So then I'll ask my friend Matthew, who lives in Melbourne, I'll send him a, I'll send him a copy of it. What do you think? He goes, yeah, maybe bring the bass down a bit. So okay, great, excellent, and vice versa. He sent me some stuff, and we sort of bounce it off each other, and um, and you know if we, we sort of if he goes, yep, that sounds good, then I'll sort of upload it. We'll go from there. So it's always good to get some feedback from um, other musicians on you know, on, on, on sounds and all that sort of stuff as well too, and and especially professionals as well, you know. So uh, I've got, got some advice for some people about mixing and, and, and by means I'm not a sound engineer at all, you know, I'm, but I can do a basic mix that sounds all right. I use uh, eMastered, which does all the mastering for me. So it's a upload that and you can play around with that and it'll get your sound consistent throughout all the platforms. Um a sound engineer, of course, you know, that's the, you won't get a better uh, option. But, but for me, you know, having fun at home recording, so it's a, and, you know, the sound I'm, I get out of it is, you know, it's listenable. It's not so bad. Yeah, you put it out there and it, it sounds pretty good. The, the couple of songs that I did get to hear on your YouTube page, uh, the couple of co- collaborations that you have out there are, are pretty, pretty darn good. If you, if you mix them down yourself. And once again, this is a, a primarily a learning podcast. I, you know, once I, once I learn something, I want to shout it out to the rooftops. Like I'll record the audio with Adobe Audition. I'll record the video. The broadcast software is on XSplit. What kind of gear are you using to interface with your computer? And what kind of computer is it? Uh, what, what, what is it you're plugging into your computer or in the, out of your guitar to get into your computer? Because you can't go from one to the other. There's something in the middle there. Yeah, so it's, mine's a, it's a, just a HP desktop. So it's just um, uh, Windows, Windows version. Uh, and you need, you need a reasonable quality just because of the... Um, Amount of RAM that you use with music and so forth, and mixing and so forth. You need a, a you need a reasonable uh, laptop. Um, I use the um, 
uh, uh, Scarlett uh, to IT audio interface. So Scarlett's a dual interface, um, which one of the challenges you have is when you're doing audio interfacing to your laptop to be able to plug in something like your guitars and so forth is you get um, you get a lot of lag. Um, so all of a sudden, when you when you play and then you you're trying to re record over top of that, it's all out of sync. But luckily with the Scarlet one, and then I readjusted some of the settings on Reaper, and I use Reaper as the mixing. I now get zero lag. Wow. So now what it means is yeah. So when I when I when I play something, I can actually have hear the playback. So now when I play over something, I can hear what I'm playing in my earphones, and there's no no latency whatsoever. I've now got zero latency. So whereas before I was getting latency, it was driving me insane. Um, so once again, YouTube is my best friend. Did some research and found these settings I needed to do. So then, yeah, so all I use is uh, audio interface and a laptop and Reaper. Uh, and then just all, of, um, all the free plugins that I use. There's free amps in there, so now I can get... You know, it's, it's just uh, amazing all the all the stuff out of there that, that you can download for free. So I use a number of um, different types of amps and uh, so forth to get different sounds. And you can the, the um, and then you've got then you've got your cabinets as well. So one of the things I found you've got an amp, but then you'd use your cabinets. So I found this site where you can download hundreds of cabinets, so you can almost replicate any sort of sound. You know, so then it's, it's you're almost spoiled for choice. It's almost too much. Yeah. Um, but so so all it is, all my stuff is done on a laptop and an audio interface and my Les Paul and bass guitar. Amazing! It's amazing what you can learn on YouTube. There's a lot of kids that are coming out of uh, high school and not going to college, and there there's a lot of uh, guidance counselors even recommending don't go to college because you can learn everything on the internet now. Uh, you can put yourself through a course of study, particularly in the creative arts, that just watching YouTube pages and, and and even some of this electrical. It's so amazing what you can learn. I I had a, uh, on this computer that I'm using. I'm using an MSI. Uh, I had a a DLL failure. So I went to YouTube real quick and found it in minutes and solved the problem. I didn't have to go to a technician or anything. It's incredible what's out there. You are using the internet for good and collaborating with people all over the world. And you, do you play any other instruments besides the guitar? You, did you, da you ever dabble in that keyboard? Yeah. So I played with, I did a, um, uh, the Bogan song has a bit of a keyboard at the end. Uh, I did a, a ballad uh, with Sean. Uh, it's a keyboard-based song. So once I was just mucking around on the keyboard, and I'm a I'm a guitarist. I, I don't know how piano pianists do two different hands, different different things. That I can't do it. But I, I, I was sitting there playing around with it, and I came up with this little sort of a basic riff on the piano. I went, oh, yeah, I like that. So then I put that through my um, audio interface, and then yeah, created a ballad. And I I, I did. Um, and I contacted Sean. I said, oh, do you want to do a ballad? Um, he goes, yeah. I said, here, I've uploaded the song. I said, I want to do a song called Lost in You. I said, yep, leave it with me. So then two days later, he's come back and he's written a whole song called Lost in You. And, yeah, we wrote a ballad. Uh, it was funny. We did, a, um, we did a song that was coming up towards getting close to Christmas. And I said to Sean, um, we need to do a Christmas song. And he's gone. We, we, we were Skyping. And he goes, oh. I don't know. I don't know about Christmas song. 
said, yeah, let, let's do a Christmas song. Let's do it. He goes, all right, all right, we'll do a Christmas song. So I said to him, um, I said, oh, what, what key do you prefer to sing in? He goes, oh, D. He said, all right, leave with me. So anyway, so I'm playing the guitar and I'm coming up with, with a um, uh, bit of a song. Oh, I like this. So I actually Skyped him. I said, you, have you, can you Skype me? He said, yeah, I'm at work, but I'll, I can Skype for a minute. So here I am. I'm in, in my bedroom in Australia. He's over in the States at work. And I've got the, my phone on the chair there and I'm playing the guitar riff to him over, the, over Skype. And he goes, I like that. And he goes, um, so I said, um, this is the song. I, th- I want you to come up with a song called Jammin' with Santa Claus. Right? So we've got, if you look up on there, we've got the, the, the Christmas song is Jammin' with Santa Claus. It's a rock-based song. And Sean nailed it. He wrote these words the next day. We basically knocked that song out in about 24 hours. So I come up with the, the music. He wrote the words. And, uh, yeah, Jammin' with Santa Claus, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a light rock um, basically the song's about where, you know, there's a garage band and Santa's flying over music playing and jam, uh, Santa stops by to have a jam. With Sean Sidetrack. That's a great name too. <laughs> he's here in the States yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, oh, yeah, get me in trouble now. He's out near, um, near Atlanta, I think, out okay. near Atlanta way. Well, that's a big music city. I think there's music all over this world. That's for sure. And you say you you had a collaboration with a a lady that was from where? So there was uh, so there was Jenny Stevens. She's in the UK. Okay. And there was uh, Vivian Vivian Okoye from Nigeria. That was um, the one you were just talking about. That's fantastic. And Leon was in Poland, um, and uh, then just I had a guy, a metalhead from Brazil. He had this insane voice, just uh, a cross between Axl Rose and Roy Orbison. Just, but you know, um, and uh, hey, you know, that is a big cross. <laughs> Roy Orbison and Axl Rose, that is a big just, cross. He, he lacked a little. He lacked a little bit control. Um, but if he was able to control his voice, he it was it was insane. It was insane. You know. So, um, wow. and then I just uh, one of the new releases we did was um, uh, with uh, Twism. Uh, tw- TWP Twism White White Peace. We did a, a collaboration there with one of my metal songs, and he, he came up with a part written with Ed uh, from uh, from from Twitter. We was so the three of us. So Ed sort of came up with a basis for the song, and then uh, TWP did the rest of the vocals and did our first metal rap um, mishmash. And, and it, you know, I don't care the song. I don't care. I re-released it, remixed it, and it's about. Essentially, what's wrong with the world today? The rich are getting richer, you know. The poor are getting poorer, <coughs> and um, yeah, it's a kick-ass song. It came out really well. Yeah, I've had Twism White Piece on this podcast, and he is a fantastic fellow. He was a good guy, yeah. man. He's a go-getter. He's just putting himself out there and putting himself out there, and that's what you have to do with this last last year, where people were stuck indoors. Uh, creators were finding different, new, and different ways to create. Now, I'm guessing that you have a, a day job of sorts that affords you to to keep a family, you know, the roof over your head and insurance and, and you know, and food on the plate. And, and then that, that affords you to, to be able to, to buy that nice equipment that you can put, make this music. Uh, but, but, oh, man, when you were playing with with uh, Mickey Homicide and even before that with uh, with Prowler, you played. Did you play a lot of shows or or was this? Primarily <coughs> recording music and putting it out there to the world. No, nah, so back 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 in the day, it was a, a lot of jamming. You know, we 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 played a few gigs. Yeah. Um. Uh, not nothing major, and 
It was, it was more for fun. More you know, for it was fun. really just more for fun. You yeah. know, we did play a few battle other bands and then uh, just some pubs and clubs and all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, as I said, life, life, life got in the way. And, yeah, life got in the way and families and sort of still, you know, the, Matt, our bass player and myself caught up a couple of times. Um, but, yeah. Well, you say yeah, it was only just last year, last year that things started kicking off again. Well, you say Simon Webster is a family man now. You've had some collaborations with the kids. <laughs> what, what does the wife think of this? Does she get involved with your music at all? Uh, no, she's a, she's a good supporter. She's um, she said yeah, she can't play anything. She said she's not musically inclined at all. So, um, but you know, it's, you know, it's a for me, it's a good just a you know, it's certainly not it's not a hobby, um, but it's a yeah, it's 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 for me, it's just that. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a buzz when you know, and especially with the when you look at your Spotify profile and it tells you where your songs are being listened to and heard and yes. in Japan and you know Belgium and and all this sort of stuff. And it was really weird one time that the Bogan song um, got played over 400, 400 times in two days in in. And it shows you where it, where it got played and everything. Where where just, was it? Do you do you, I mean? Do you remember primarily where it was? It was yeah, two suburbs of Melbourne. So whether someone accidentally uh, left it on play or something, I don't know. But it was a uh, so yeah, it's just, it's just amazing when you see where your music can spread. Whereas back in my day, you you couldn't get your music that far. Yeah, you know, farthest you could go was how far you could post your um your CD or how far you could drive to drop it off, drop off your um you know your demo to a. Uh, a pub or even you know submitted to a music company or you know record company for a for review or something like that you know yeah. so i remember yeah. back in 86 when i was on the radio uh, and even all the way up until the 2000s people were just giving me you know music on tape or or hey can you play this on the radio and i would take a listen to it and thank uh i've worked in a lot of stations that were mom and pop stations and they uh, or or even college radio when i was first starting and it was it was great that they could give it to me and if i liked it and if it fit the the vibe that i was trying to put out there yeah i would play it so more often than not i would put platters you know 12 inch records on that had never been heard before uh except for by the oh just put them on the air and maybe the four guys in the in the dorm rooms would get to hear it and then maybe they'll they'll tell two friends and they'll and you know my phone line would light up hey who is that where can i get that record that's my job is to promote other people that's our job as humans is to help other people that's one of the reasons i got into this into this business anyway Uh, and and now i get to help you hopefully a few more people get to know simon webster and reckless velvet and get the pleasure and the joy that i had listening to those two songs and then even these other songs that i'm going to have to put in my ears over the next day or two uh, i definitely have to listen to the bogan song just to, just because of the picture and that's one thing i miss about albums is the album art who created all the album art for you here uh, I, I did it all myself oh, when i say did it myself it's um once again it's a sort of youtube i've sort of uh, come across and someone was doing youtube saying canva um and uh here in it i think it was a uh, i think canva was created by an australian uh entrepreneur and she you know you can do your paid subscription but canva has a number of free templates for brochures or catalogs or whatever it is and it also album covers and i went oh hang on a second 
because when, when you're uploading to the likes of your distro kids, you know, you have to have a, an album cover and it needs to be a certain size and quality, et cetera. And, was, um, and I come across this free uh, d- distributor and it was, I can't remember the name of it, but it kept rejecting my, my um, album cover. It was just like, oh, this is too hard. And then found Canva and, yeah, it's fantastic. So you've got all free templates. You can add photos. You can add change your text and it. And it gives you in the right size as well too, so the right sort of CD size which fits for the pictures and everything. Yeah, so now I just design my own sort of – yeah, it's very easy, basic. I'm not a designer by any chance, but you can get to play around with it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so through Canva, it's all nice, all free as well. <laughs> well, one of the things I, I, I definitely miss about the digital age is is the getting a, a nice album – opening it up, looking at the, the liner notes, you know, reading about the, uh, the artist. It's all out there digitally because, you know, if I look at your, at your Reckless Velvet band camp, it says Australian musician and producer collaborating with local and international up-and-coming singer, songwriters, diverse genre of music styles, influence, soft rock, rock, metal, country, blues, ballads, modern styles. Is that where you want to go with Reckless Velvet? Is, you want to collaborate with people? you want to lay your guitar riffs is that the ultimate goal from here on now that you have the skills that you've been honing since you were 15 and here now where does reckless velvet go from here well certainly i uh, and the good thing about the um technology now is that providing you know my brains to work so my hands to work i can you know i can i can make music so yeah certainly the collaborations i still want to um you know to be honest if if one of my you know, one of my songs with my collaborators become a hit song. Of course, you know that'd be an absolute buzz. Um, but the fact that people listen to it is is enough for me. But also, probably on the other end, is a bit of my focus is then towards the um, uh, licensing of the music towards uh, those music supervisors to try to get my music out on a movie or up on an ad or commercials and all that sort of stuff so that's also a direction that'd be nice so if all of a sudden you're, you're sitting down and nike ad comes up and you know your music is is, is on the nike ad i mean that'd be uh, you know and for a, a musician that's where the potential money is as well too you know so that that's sort of a focus as well but yeah for me still making music anybody who wants to um um yeah if they like my music enough and want to put vocals down i'm happy to uh happy to happy to work with them for sure so all you uh, all you music directors out there, musical coordinators uh, that are listening, uh, look look for Simon Webster and Reckless Velvet, and find that uh, that perfect song for when the guy gets the girl. Hey, and and, then, and and up comes the music, you know, and and your music will be on there. Oh, that would be so, uh, what a jazz! That would be so fantastic. All right, you've already given a lot of shout outs. And uh, as we wind this thing down, give a few shout outs to the to the most along the way. And then we'll close this baby up and and uh, let Simon Wester go off to bed, because I know it's very, very early in wee hours of the morning in Australia right now. No, it's actually 11 o'clock on Wednesday in the oh. morning, 11 a.m. Wednesday. Oh, OK. <laughs> See, I don't know time zones. I'm very bad. No, no, I, can, <laughs> I can stay here. Stay it's here. That's, it's 8 p.m. here. <laughs> But go go ahead. Give shout outs to the people that have helped you along the way. Yeah, certainly. So probably my initial, all my collaborators. So Sean Sidetrack, 
Gabrielle Kanker, Jenny Stevens, uh, Godzilla, um, Mike with the Godzilla band. We did a, 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 a YouTube uh, song with that, with the dancing and everything like that. Um, I geez, was going to ask go. you about that. What is that Godzilla boogie, reckless velvet dance? Tell me, tell the people about that. So, so, so Mike from the States, he's, uh, he's, Godzilla uh, blues band, so that's his. Uh, so he's he's a bit older than me, and similar thing. He does. He's done some collaborations with Jenny, and uh, so he wanted to do a collaboration, a worldwide collaboration. And he had this silly song in his head called the the Godzilla Boogie. So we got an invite to play guitar, uh, and Jenny to do vocals and a, a saxophone and a piano. So we all sort of collaborated on this gig. So we um, uploaded all the music. I did a couple of tracks, and he's he's laid down. I did some lead for him and all that sort of thing. So then he's released the song, and then I've just gone. We should do. We should. We should do a video for this. So I, I uploaded the first. Uh, so I just did, did the bit of a bit of a boogie, and then I put the challenge out there on Twitter, and I said, you know, everybody, let's do a you know a sixty second uh, Godzilla boogie. So then Jenny did one. Um, I did one. And then um, we had a few people uh, obviously putting some videos up to the music, and then he eventually created a music video for it. So with all of our sort of um, boogies. So, yeah, so if you look up the Godzilla boogie on YouTube, you'll see the uh, uh, the video as well, too. We're all having a bit of a dance. So it was well, a bit that, of fun. That is a call to action right there. I, I invite more people to do the Godzilla boogie uh, with Reckless Velvet. Do that Reckless Velvet dance. That That's a, that's a nice call to action. I, and, a, and a lot of the most interesting music videos have been made uh, doing just that, you know, having random people you know, maybe lip sync your song and and uh, and you create a video out of that and you get your fans involved. And that's how you create a community as well. And more fans of the Reckless Velvet, Simon Webster. All right. Get, continue with the shout outs and we'll button this thing up. No, that's right. So, yeah, Jenny Stevens in the UK, uh, Vivian Okoye in Nigeria. Um, who else we've got there? We, then we've got the, uh, the Melbourne guys on Twitter as well. We've got Lee Thomas, Byron. Uh, as well too, Storm Sinker, uh, Mary from Brecon Reviews. She does a lot of music reviews. She's been very supportive of all the indies as well. Um, who else would that? And I know I'm going to get in trouble because uh, I'll forget. But uh, but it, and it also is just a shout out to any, anybody and everybody who's just taken the time to come past and have a listen to any of the songs, or you know who's commented as well too. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a buzz when even one person has a as they listen to your song and, and makes a, and makes a comment as well too. And also cynic reviews. So you've ever, you know, look at cynic reviews as well too. Uh, and just, uh, all the other indie artists out there as well too, who are just, you know, out there putting their necks out and having a crack. Yeah. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to put your neck out there and say, look here, I made something for you. Do you like it here? Would you like, would you like some of this? And, and hopefully, Somebody says yes. And from what it looks like, you've gotten hit after hit. You've seen the analytics. That gives you instant gratification to get the, those hits from all over the world, all over this great planet of ours, and, and people helping people. All right. I don't want this to be the last time that we chat. As, as time progresses, when you have something new to uh, promote as Reckless Velvet or, or otherwise, whatever next incarnation comes up. I hope it stays Reckless Velvet. And we, branding, I think, is the wave of the uh, of the now, is you, you have to brand. I'm Keys Dan from the Florida Keys, but here I am in Arkansas, has nothing to do with Keys, so 
but I've been branded Keys Dan for so long, I can't let it go. So Reckless Velvet, I want that to be your branding, your your brand. But anyway, I, I, I digress. That's saying, mate, I can guarantee that's yeah, Reckless Velvet's here to stay, mate. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Your wife put the stamp of approval on there, and that's uh, that's all you need is approval from the from the honey. And so, and, uh, okay, so I like to close these things off with last words for the people. This could be words to live by, something you heard maybe a long, long time ago, or a mantra that you wake up with every day, or just whatever pops into your head in this moment in time. Simon Webster, Reckless Velvet, give the last words for the people. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't ask, you don't get. And uh, when you're on your deathbed, when you're going to take your last breath, think about the legacy you want to leave behind. Well, there you have it, party people. Simon Webster, the Reckless Velvet. Ask for him by name. I found, man, the one-stop shop you really need for Simon Webster is his Linktree. Go to Linktree, uh, link linktr.ee forward slash reckless velvet and all his stuff is there the Bandcamp, the twitter the youtube spotify facebook tiktok in fact i'm going to put all those links i'm going to steal them off of that link tree and put them right on the show notes so you could find out more about simon webster the reckless velvet reckless velvet man that is a great name that's a great band name and it's good for a rock star you got the velvet underground reckless kelly yeah it's got some good name recognition and yeah it's been wife approved stamp of approval fantastic good talking to you simon webster thank you so much for being on the what makes you famous podcast with yours truly now if you yes you i'm talking to you my loyal listener if you would like to tell your story i encourage you to give me a call 501-470-6386 or email info at radio what.com that's it for this edition of what makes you famous it's keys dan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace i'm out of here radio what the music you want Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The first animation picture to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar was Disney's Beauty and the Beast in 1991. It did not win, however. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook. At What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keysdan.com thank you for listening hey guys this is shelly g she said what well you are gonna have to listen to the countdown to hear what i say 
And make sure to keep listening to Radio What for more information and trivia. She said, what? What?